There are a lot of ways that unresolved trauma from childhood show up in adulthood. People pleasing, inability to set boundaries, really focusing on other people's opinions, um, more so than your own, perfectionism, and one that is near and dear to my heart, which is autoimmune. But when it comes to boundary setting, one of the reasons why that is a trauma response is because it was unsafe to do so. Okay, so you could have had an environment where either was unsafe and you were shamed and riddled for setting a boundary. And sometimes it can come down from the family. We don't do that. We don't say no to people. This is family. You don't say no to family. If I tell you to hug grandpa, you hug grandpa. If I tell you to hug Uncle Louie, you hug Uncle, uh, Uncle Louie. Even if in your gut you're not comfortable, you have no voice or choice. And so you learn the voice and choice are not available to you, okay? You also learn that it's important to meet the needs of somebody else before I meet my own needs. So I want you to go sit on Uncle Louie's lap, even though you're not comfortable, do it. Or I want, to, I want you to go give so-and-so a hug, or I want you to go so-and-so have a conversation with someone that you're uncomfortable with as a young child, three, four, five years old, force, 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 you learn what I want is not important. I have to meet the needs of other people before I meet mine own. What I want is not important. I'll give you a great example. Simple, but interesting. Kid gets invited to a birthday party. Mommy, I don't want to go. Of course you want to go. Of course you want to go. He's your friend in class. You're going to hurt his feelings if you don't go. What's he going to think if you don't show up? You have to go. So now, again, very simple. This is not trauma. This is not malignant. This is not intentional. But we have to think about who's on the receiving end. It's a young child who doesn't have a developed rational brain. And you're telling that child, it's more important to me that you meet the needs of so-and-so, even if you're telling me and using your voice that you don't want to go, even though you're kicking and screaming as I get you out of the car seat, because you're telling me you're too tired. And I'm telling you, but you have to do it because they already paid for your seat. So at what point do you start prioritizing other people's needs over your own? You're being taught this, number one. Another example of of inability to set boundaries is you may have learned that the best way for me to stay safe in an environment that wasn't safe, because those are examples of things that were safe, if you will, was to please you. It's fawning in order to for you not to be aggressive towards me, okay? So the typical four responses to trauma are fight, flee, freeze, and fawn. People don't understand what fawning is. We don't talk about it. Fawning is, what do I need to do to make you happy? Because if you're happy, you'll find me useful. Because if you're happy, you'll find me useful and you won't hurt me or I can stay safe because, again, I'm going to meet your needs. So when we talk about generational trauma, it could be family rules. It could be family culture. It could be these things because which takes more precedent, child development or the way that a family thinks things should be done because it makes everybody else feel better because this is the culture, right? The culture of respect. But they're not understanding child development and taking that into account when these cultures are formed. They're not taking that into account. They're just saying, push through, you're going to do. But what we're learning is that 
it's not really working. There's some conformity, right? But the reality is, is if you were to step back and really watch from way above, um, almost from an observer lens, or even be able to hear the thought process in a child's mind when they are being asked to do something where they don't have control, right? You're dictating how things are going to be done. I'll give you an example. So there's this new book out by Gabor Mate called The Myth of Normal. And the subtitle of that is Trauma and Illness in a Toxic Culture. And the idea is, what is normal? Is the culture normal? Do we just say, well, that's our culture, so therefore it is? Without taking into effect what is normal for the human experience? Why are we in a society where we have mounting increases of mental health issues? Why? There's, it, it's, it, it's so multifaceted. It's not any one thing. But we have to look at what you just were describing. Family rules, family expectations, family culture. Because just because they've always happened doesn't mean it's healthy for the human experience. How often are a set of parents knowingly knowing that their particular family is somewhat toxic? Where you go there and they make you feel like shit about yourself, okay? There are plenty of families where the expectation is, this is what we do on Sundays, and every single time you go, the moment you get out of the car, you're like, I can't wait to get back into the car because I know how this is going to go down. I'm saying in particular families, okay, because you can have this wide range of families where within this culture, it's expected, And then within that culture where it's expected, there's going to be a subset where it's just not healthy for people to be in that environment, okay? It's just not healthy to be in the environment. And the parent, the adult parents know. If you've got a set of adult parents, let's just say they're 30 years old with a bunch of toddlers, and both of them know, even before having their own kids, every single time we're with our family, we don't get to be who we are. We have to conform. This is uncomfortable. We're always made fun of. And now I'm going to make you, kid, go through the same thing. Why? Because we don't say no. That's the family rule. We don't say no to the Sunday dinner, even though I know it's fucked up, even though you know it's fucked up, I'm still going to make you endure what I've always had to endure because I'm afraid to say no. So there is a really, really great quote by Theodore Roosevelt. And Brene, the first time I ever read it was from when Brene Brown wrote it in Daring Greatly. Okay. And the whole concept about it is who's in your arena? It's called the man in the arena, okay? Culturally, we are often raised, many people are raised in a culture of, this is your family of origin, blood is thicker than water, no matter what happens, we stay together, okay? You don't get to choose who's in your arena, I'm going to tell you who's in your arena. If you find yourself in a family that everybody's really respectful of each other, and everybody really loves each other. And it's a cohesive, healthy, happy, creative environment where people can show up and be their true, authentic selves. It's phenomenal. But not all families are that way. And so there's a huge subset of families that are like, this was the arena you were given. Suck it up. People who are fully authentic will at some point if they feel it is not healthy for them, will turn around and say, 
I get to choose who's in my arena. You don't tell me who's in my arena. And this arena makes me feel worse about myself when I'm around them. And so at some point, I have to harness what is best for me, and I get to create my arena. When you are doing the work to feel better about yourself because you've been raised, let's just say, in a very codependent environment, even though it's not healthy and you know it's not healthy, and you're doing the work and everybody else around you is telling you that you're actually the problem and that you just need to get on board with the fact that we're just a fucked up family, but we just all stay together because that's what family does. That person absolutely has a right to walk because they have to do what's best for them. I've done the work. I've learned that my feelings matter. I have to decide what I deserve, right? And I coach this on people all the time. What you receive is what you accept, okay? And so if what you're receiving is disrespectful, the only person that's going to save yourself is yourself. You can't change somebody else's behavior. You can have conversations with them. You can share with them in a really respectful way how this is really making you feel. But if that person indicates time and time again that there's nothing that is going to happen that is going to have them change their ways, you have the right to say, I deserve better. That is an extreme sense of boundary setting, but you're not setting it for the other person. You're setting it for yourself. Nobody should have to work to belong. The moment somebody has to work to belong, they don't inherently belong. They're trying to fit in. So when you find yourself in an environment where you do not inherently belong, it's probably not your environment. It's probably not the one you're supposed to be in because belonging is unconditional. Fitting in is I'm fearful that if I do not shape shift, I'm not going to be loved. If I don't shape shift, I'm not going to be a part of the group as a whole. So I have to shed an authentic piece of myself in order to fit into the puzzle. Belonging is we accept you exactly as you are, period, end of story. The moment we start to shapeshift and have to fit in, we are detaching ourselves from part of our true authentic self. And that catches up when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, and you're miserable Because you have lost a piece of yourself on that journey to feel accepted. So the biggest difference between belonging and fitting in is you're both seeking acceptance. It's just belonging is unconditional. Come as you are, all of it. We love all of it. Fitting in is, I only want to see this part of you. And if that means you have to detach from the other part of you, it's not my problem. But that is the problem that brings people to a recovery coach or a therapist or some sort of mental health professional in their 30s, 40s, 50s because they're stuck, because they're detached from their true authentic self.